There is a candle in every soul. You're listening to Lit Speak with Patty Sheen on Blog Talk Radio. Some dark There is a spirit who brings a fire, ignites a candle, and makes his own. Morning and welcome. Here we praise the truth in God's creation through the ideas inspired by human imagination. During this hour, we hope to ignite your candle, that you may use it to brighten the darkest corners in your world. Good morning again, and once again, welcome to Literally Speaking, right here on Blog Talk Radio and the Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. As you join us on this journey, we invite you to listen for an idea that will inspire you to tap into your imagination. Today is Tuesday, the 16th of June. Excuse me. Derek, I need to share with you. Oh, no. A little lesson that I learned it's yesterday. It's sharing time, isn't yes, it? Yes, and this is a, a little lesson that I believe I learned yesterday. Okay. I have to learn this lesson every year, actually. <laughs> the Lord is amazing in that he has created all of us to be individuals. And yesterday, <laughs> it was a gorgeous day outside, I have to admit, as you and I have discussed many times. Yes. I'm a winter person. Yes. You're the summer person. That's However. Right. I have to embrace the fact that summer is here. Okay. So I'm thinking, you know, I really, really should consider doing some gardening. People are putting pictures of their beautiful flowers on Facebook. Okay. And you go past somebody's yard and it's beautifully manicured. Mine is not. Okay. However, of course, as you know, my husband is laid up right now in a wheelchair after yes. some surgery. So he's not able to get out and do yard work. Right. And our weeds, in view of our recent rain and followed by sunshine, have been reaching between three and four feet tall. So it's about time to go do something. So yesterday, I made myself go outside, and I weeded along our fence line. So now it looks beautiful. Uh, okay. However. It sounds like a good story so far. Yeah, well, however, Uh-oh. when I get inside, I am drenched in perspiration. Mm-hmm. This morning, I wake up, and I am so sore, I can hardly get out of bed. I've got mosquito bites or whatever all over me, and I'm thinking, I think this is the Lord's way of telling me, Patty, you're just not cut out to be a gardener. So don't worry about it. Don't feel guilty when you spend your summer inside of the house in an air-conditioned living room with a book in your hand or in front of the computer. So thank you, Lord, for making this all different. <laughs> okay. That's my lesson learned for That's, today. That is your lesson for the day. <laughs> yes, Okay. Yes. All right. So let's tell our listeners where <laughs> where they can find me <laughs> if they would wish to do so. Okay. If, yeah. After yes, that yes. story, After we don't that know. After that story, they may yeah. not want to. Yeah. I can be found at www.pattysheen, spelled P-A-T-T-I-S-H-E-N-E.com. We also have a mobile <clears throat> website, which is M, as in mobile, mm-hmm. dot litspeak.com. I can be found on Facebook at Literally Speaking and on Twitter at Patty Sheen. So yep. I would love to have you <clears throat> visit the website and follow me on Facebook and 
<coughs> excuse me, or friend me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. Also, <laughs> follow, friend, whatever you need. Yeah. Check out my social media. Yes. Be That's my the... <laughs> favorite, whatever it is you're yeah. supposed to do. So seriously, I'd love to have folks connect connect through social media and let us know if you listen to the show and, and give us an idea who our listeners are. Mm-hmm. We have a very special guest today. Excuse me, Pastor David Hamer and his lovely wife Carolyn are a gifted ministry team who have founded River Spring Ministries. They speak at churches and Christian conferences throughout the country and abroad, spreading the message of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Dave is the author of two books, one entitled His His Cruel Cross, My Mercy Tree, and Father of the Fatherless. Both carry an urgent message to America's clergy and Christian believers that cannot be ignored. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you, Patty. It's great to be on with you. Well, we do apologize also, Dave. It was a little less than a month ago we had to cancel that show because of the <laughs> the rains and the flooding yeah, in the yeah, studio. Because of the flooding in the studio. We're so glad that things worked <laughs> out this morning. We weren't so sure there for a while, so it's great to have you here, Dave. Well, well, first of all, Dave, here. tell us tell us how you came to ministry. Is it something that you thought of as a, a young person, or is this an interest that developed later in life? Well, first of all, I, I had been raised in a Catholic home, and my parents were, were quite devout, uh, but I was just a godless rebel. And, um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. As I, be- <laughs> as I became a teenager, um, you know, I got really really pretty bad and during high school and then into my early 20s um, not only was I doing a lot of alcohol but drugs and at that time my reputation had become such and my nickname was overdose so I was as wild as they could be and um, the Lord through a series of events that is beyond the scope of what I could share on the, the program this morning but Through a series of events, you know, God brought me to repentance. And the night I found the Lord, or really he found me, um, I went to the man that later he became my pastor, but I told him I wanted to go to confession. It was all I knew. And he said, well, you want to accept Christ. And, you know, I knelt down and prayed, and I was earnest. I was under great conviction. I knew how desperate I was. Uh, And when I prayed and I, I really repented, Immediately, I was delivered from my drugs. It w- they were gone, and uh, I continued to drink. I didn't, you know, I didn't really understand that that wasn't just what I thought everybody drank. Uh, but then it was a week or so later I realized I didn't need it anymore, and and God delivered me. But the drugs, the instant uh, I knelt down, God brought deliverance into my life, which was in the state that I was in was an absolute miracle. That is an amazing and inspirational story, Dave. Thank you so much for sharing that with with us and with our listeners. Dave, tell us how the Lord brought you and Carol uh, together and and how you formed River Spring Ministries. Well, you know, after um, after I got saved, I immediately sensed the call of God in my life. So I attended Bible school to begin to prepare for, for ministry. And for, well, really, I was just hungry for God. Uh, but I knew there was something in my life that God had called me to. And so I went to Bible school, and shortly after 
I attended Bible school, uh, the Lord called me to take this little group of people that were uh, in western New York, and I went out there. There was just a handful, and God really met us, and people were getting saved and uh, being brought out of all kinds of different lifestyles, and, you know, I established a church there. And uh, after that, and it was several years later, I began traveling, and that's how I met Carolyn. I was in meetings in Wisconsin, uh, preaching. I was holding revival services, and uh, she attended one of my meetings one night, and we met, and then it wasn't very long later, we were married and traveling together. That sounds like a neat story. What kind of a background did did Carol have? I'm just curious. Had she come from a, a fairly Christian home, Dave, or did you she know, have Carolyn, a story similar to yours? Yeah, Carolyn, it's, uh, you know, we are definitely the, the real odd couple because <laughs> while I was such in such rebellion, uh, Carolyn, from the time she was a child, was very devout. Now, she had also been raised in a Catholic home, but she actually tried to live what she was learning. And she tells a story how one day one of the nuns had told her after you, you know, received communion, just spend time with the Lord and talk to him and and she said, you know, I was praying and I was just seeking Jesus and I just felt the call of God in my life. And so she ended up going into the convent and she was she was in the convent for seven years. And uh, after that, she came out of the convent. And she had been out of the convent for a couple of years before we met. So I didn't I didn't drag her out or anything like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, God, God let her out and. Uh, you know, brought us together. It was kind of a unique thing the way it happened. And she was uh, working at a liberal arts college up in Wisconsin. And about after we got married, she resigned her position and we began traveling. And we were on the road full time for 10 years uh, right after we got married. And we crisscrossed the nation speaking in all kinds of different churches and ministering. And it was pretty neat experience. So that's kind of how we God brought us together and how he launched us together in ministry. There's a part of that that sounds like it would be really fun, the traveling, the constant moving, and yet there's a part that sounds like it would be kind of grueling on a person. What's your feeling about that, Dave? Well, you know, we'd have people say to me, you know, when I retire, I want to do what you're doing. (laughs) Really? Um, You know, we were at, at that time, we were speaking 200 times a year. And uh, plus traveling. And so we would have revivals. We would do like a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning. And then we might travel, you know, 100 or 150 miles to another church and start a meeting on a Sunday night and go through Wednesday. And we really kept a very, very busy schedule. And besides that, you know, we were devoted to prayer. And so it's not just standing in the pulpit and giving a message, but I try to really get a hold of the Lord and try to discern what he wants to say to that particular body at that time. And it's a lot of work involved. Um, and we really, we did come off, off the road after 10 years, and it was it was God's timing for us, too. Sure. But it was time just to kind of be normal for a while and to have our <laughs> yeah. roots uh, planted in a place rather than just rolling constantly down the road. When we were traveling like that, this literally happened. I woke up in the middle of the night one time, and I said, where am I? And I was mm-hmm. trying to remember where we were, and I was—it's not—I wasn't getting, you know, 
it wasn't that I was getting senile. I was still young then. And, uh, it, but I had literally forgotten we had just been in so many places. There was a period of time for about two years where what we did, we helped churches establish a corporate prayer ministry to support the vision of their local churches. And we would go, like, on Monday night, we'd be in Rochester, New York, Tuesday night, Utica, Wednesday night, we'd be in Amsterdam, or Thursday night in Buffalo. We would, we would, and then each week, we would go back to these places, and so that was, and we did it six nights a week, and so we were constantly moving and constantly traveling during that period of time. That's, that's when that happened, where I literally could not remember where Just I was. Just couldn't remember, sure. So and that's very understandable. So it's not it's not the vacation. Every they see a motorhome or a fifth wheel, and everybody thinks, "Oh boy, you know it's vacation time at the lake." But that's not what we did with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. so, if if someone were to ask you, if, wa- if someone wanted to en- enlist your your ministry to come to their town, for example, what would you say is your mission as a ministry then, Dave? I think a big part of our ministry is to remind the church they need to focus on the Lord Jesus. Uh, We have a great concern about current trends in pop doctrine. Um, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he is the focal, focal point of all of God's revelation to mankind in the Bible. And, uh, you know, we feel sometimes that the message of the gospel is being overshadowed by messages of encouragement and motivation and and many other things that seem to be taking the place. It used to be, like when, when people would come on Sunday morning, that, that Jesus was magnified and God the Father was magnified and who he was yes. and what he expected of us. And doctrine, the teaching, was biblically rich and the revelation poured forth from the Word of God. But a lot of times we find now that, you know, a few scriptures are talked about, but it's more to amplify whatever the preacher might be bringing. So, and I'm not criticizing, what I'm saying is our, our burden is to see Jesus Christ again and his message of the cross, Christ crucified for fallen humanity, for that to be the central message from the pulpits of American churches. But that's that, that's not all. I, I mean, that's not quite all either. I mean, we also have a great burden for the nation, and we believe that uh, the answer for what's happening in America with a collapse of morals and the collapse in our society, and we don't need to amplify what they are. I'm sure your listening audience is well aware that our nation is in trouble, that we're in a spiritual free fall. And the real answer to that, so many believers think the answer is going to be the next election cycle, or if we could just win another court battle in Washington. Now, I I think all those things have merit. I'm not, and I'm, I'm involved in the political process, and I do vote my conscience, and I vote people that believe the way I believe, so I'm not against that. But the real answer for America is not going to be found in the political process. The answer for America is not in the White House, it's in God's house. And I believe God is calling the church in America to 
back to prayer, to seeking God. I think it's time to turn off our televisions, to quit all of our sideline entertainment that's distracting us, and get back to seeking the face of God. We need a visitation in America. What good is it? What, what difference does it make? Who is leading in Washington when a, when a godless nation falls under God's judgment? And our nation is plummeting into moral and spiritual chaos. And the only solution is in God's house. And we need, to, we need the message of prayer. We need to rebuild the altars of prayer across America in the churches. And so those are our two primary uh, emphasis that we would bring to any church we would be coming to. Thank you. <clears throat> Tell us briefly, Dave, what is the message you strive to convey in His Cruel Cross, My Mercy Tree? Give us a, a general overview of that book, because what I have done actually is taken the liberty of taking some of the quotes that are on your website, and and I'm going to have you expound on them. So just give us kind of a general overview of what, what His Cruel Cross is about okay well you know again his crew across really and and these books that i'm um i wrote really do emphasize those those two uh particular truths that i talked about earlier uh but number one where you know jesus the the revelation that god gave to mankind is centered in the cross of jesus christ the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is the focal truth of God's revelation to mankind. Apart from his death, burial, resurrection, of course, his ascension, uh, we would still be lost uh, in our sins. The whole earth is fallen. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden, every descendant of Adam and Eve, the entire human race, is born with a corrupt nature. And there's one solution for that nature, and that's a rebirth. We need to be born again. And so His Grew Across, My Mercy Tree, really focuses on the redemptive wonders of Calvary and how every bleeding point uh, has something to do with our redemption. You know, He sweat in the, in, the, in the garden when He was travailing in prayer. The Scripture says He sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. Well... Yes. This is a this is this what this literally means. There's hematidrosis is what happened, and this is a medical condition under great physical or emotional stress, and it's well documented in medical literature that that the the sweat glands will will break. There's something in the pores that will break, and blood will be mingled with sweat. With sweat, and yep. Jesus and Jesus was so intense of his prayer. Uh, seeking the will of God, and, and where he didn't want to go to the cross, his humanity was struggling against the will of God, that he sweat, as it, the Bible says, as it were, great drops of blood. And apart from that sweating, it's my opinion that man's rebellious will could never have been redeemed. Redemption started in the Garden uh, of Gethsemane when Jesus travailed in prayer because his humanity was resisting the will of God but then finally he submitted to the will of God. And because he did, we can grace in the gospel with God's grace, God's mercy working in us for us to conform, to begin to conform our life to the will of God. Um, the bleeding points, his, 
his hands were nailed to the cross so that we could be free to serve God. His feet were nailed to the cross so we could be free to walk away from sin, to run towards God, to walk after God, to walk with God, to walk to a fallen world with the gospel. Um, His arms were spread and nailed to the cross so that we could embrace broken humanity. All of these things uh, speak of, and there's many, many more that I discuss in this book, but the crown of thorns, the, the, the bleeding uh, for the redemption of our minds so that we could have our mind redeemed, that we could be cleansed from impurities in our mind and, and wrongful thinking, that we could have the mind of Christ, um, that we could, again, enthrone Jesus instead of enthroning ourselves, speaking of a crown. Um, and all of these experiences that Jesus went through Uh, They were working towards something, which is the complete redemption of those that would come to Christ and receive him and repent of their sins and receive uh, receive him and begin to walk after the things of God. Well, Dave, we have about four minutes before our break. I wanted to, like I had mentioned earlier, I took the liberty of taking some of the quotes off of your website that you have on there. And, of course, they come right out of your books. Uh, I wanted to, for our listeners who are watching on on YouTube, I'm not sure if that comes across big enough for a person to be able to read, but since my vision is quite limited, but it might. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to just paraphrase, or not even paraphrase, but just quote directly a, a couple of your quotes, Dave, and then ask you to comment. I have a question that follows. One of your quotes says, living the good life and finding God's life are not one and the same. Your second quote says, the gratification of desire and the pursuit of knowledge, fame, or fortune can provide fleeting happiness and temporary fulfillment, but only a life lived in pursuit of God can fill the deepest longings of the human spirit. In view of those two quotes, and once again, we have about three minutes left (laughs) before break, what can we as individuals do to combat the rising tide of belief that the decline of America's relationship with our Heavenly Father is not significant to our well-being as a nation? Okay, well, I think, you know, I'm not sure I caught that question completely. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of long. (laughs) Basically, my question is, there's this, this rising tide of belief that there there is not a problem with with our with our country as it stands that our nation is not in peril a lot of people believe that how can we as christians make people realize what is really going on i guess is my question when you consider yeah. the, the media and and all of the falsehood that comes out of everywhere anymore I think the first thing is, I think one of the problems is the reason there is that feeling even within the church is because the church is conformed to the culture we were ordained to confront. Um, it's, God has, has, did not set the church to complement the world, but we are a contradiction of worldliness. We are called into another kingdom, and it's not the kingdom of this world, it's the kingdom of Christ and of his son. And I think a lot of times what what in the quotes that I'm I'm talking about having the good life and having God's life is not one and the same. I think so much preaching is about personal achievement rather than uh finding him and walking with him. 
the pursuit that God has called us to is not the pursuit of happiness, as it is in the American dream. It's a pursuit of holiness. And man is most happy when he's obedient to God. So the real happiness is not how much we can accumulate of earthly things. It's how much we can discover and how much we can accumulate of, of God in our life, his presence, his likeness, um, his blessing, his grace, his mercy. All of these things are riches that the eye doesn't see, but the spirit, only the spirit can really truly comprehend. Right. We're due to go to break right now, Dave. Before we do, I wanted our listeners to be aware that Dave has a website, and it is www.river springministries.org it's a a really nice site I've enjoyed looking at it like I say he has several quotes on there that really make a person stop and think and I would recommend our listeners to go visit that and you can go to Dave's Facebook page which is River Spring Ministries I would urge you to, to go check that out as well We'll be back in about five minutes. When we come back, we will announce the winner of last week's giveaway, and then we will resume our very interesting and informative conversation with Dave Hamer, who is the pastor, a pastor and the founder of River Spring Ministries. Be back in a minute. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled. That has made all the difference. The Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. Derek and George Live. Becoming Christlike. Salo and Hutch. All stops on the road. The Road of Enlightenment. The Road of Discovery. Join us each Thursday and Friday morning at 8 a.m. Mountain Time and Saturday evening at 6 p.m. Mountain Time as we invite you to join us on a journey. A journey on the road less traveled. Right here on Blog Talk Radio. If you watch a game, it's fun. If you play it, it's recreation. But if you work at it, it's golf. A golf course should aspire to generate as much energy as it consumes. And four miles north of Marion, Indiana, is a golf course that does just that. 6,690 yards of pure energy. Arbor Trace Golf Club is a course that's beauty is matched only by its bite. A course that can test not only the steel of one's nerves, but the metal of their irons. It's a course for the beginner who desires to learn the game as well as the player who is ready to challenge it. So whether you're looking to play just for the fun of the game or the opportunity to work hard on it, Arbor Trace Golf Club is the course for you. Give Arbor Trace Golf Club a shot, because in golf, the most important shot you ever make is the next one. Stay connected to what matters most with high-speed service from Seacomb. For the home, we offer access where you need it most. 
Whether you're looking for high-speed internet or an in-home voice package or both, Seacom has your house covered. Send emails, download music, and surf the web with the fastest service in southeast Colorado. Our two-way wireless connections offer download speeds of up to 15 megabytes, but with a fiber connection, the sky is the limit. For the business, Seacom offers voice plans, broadband internet, BSL, and Ethernet circuits. Our fully integrated Metro Ethernet platform segregates your data traffic logically at the switch, avoiding the latency of multiple routers and quality of service overhead. With only a single router between you and our nationwide backbone carriers, you really will experience the Internet at the speed of light. We also offer point-to-point data links to connect all of your business locations. And if you're looking for carrier-grade data transport or dark fiber, look no further than Seacom's extensive privately-owned fiber network. We own and maintain our own network with more than 1,200 miles of fiber and growing throughout southeast Colorado. So whether you're looking for dark fiber, for cable, a dedicated corporate network, or carrier-grade data transport. Seacom has the answers. Visit us at seacom.net or call us at 1-800-657-7149. Seacom, world-class communications right in your backyard. Hello to all of Derek's listeners. Thanks, Derek, for giving me time to share my heart's passion, encouraging cancer, long-term illness patients, and their families. Gilead is an outreach that encourages over 2,400 people in 38 states. Our goal is to bring hope and help to those on the journey through the unknowns of treatment, family stress, and spiritual questions. One such story is Eric, whose senior year in high school was interrupted by the cancer that he was diagnosed with, interrupting a three-sport high school year. It changed his life and his perspective. Today, Eric's family oversees a foundation helping to find a cure. We're currently in our 15th year. would love to have you as a partner, either as a volunteer or a gift financially. Look for us on Facebook at Gilead Ministries. Welcome back to this week with Patty Sheen on Blog Talk Radio. Well, we're glad to have you right back here on Litspeak and Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. We are interviewing Pastor Dave Hamer, who is also the founder of River Spring Ministries. However, as we always do, immediately upon returning from our break, we will announce the winner of our giveaway from last week. Patty, Patty, I've got, I've got a new, I've got a new oh, little clip. Oh my goodness, clip, yes, Derek has a, a new here, little. Here's the little. Here, here let's it comes. Let's here, go. All right. There you go. Okay, <laughs> and the winner is, well, let's first tell our folks what we even gave away last yes, week. Yes, what Last did we week give away? we were supposed to have Nashville singer and songwriter Jimmy Jack Whitaker, who sings gospel music, and there was a cell phone glitch, and we never mm-hmm. were able to get in touch with Jimmy Jack, so Derek and I, we told our listeners a few things about Jimmy Jack, and we will have him in, we will have an actual interview with him coming up in the next few weeks. But in the meantime, what we did do was we went ahead and gave away a copy of his CD, which is entitled Called. Uh-huh. It's a brand new CD of his. And our winner happens to be our sister in Christ and yes. co-host of one of Derek's other shows. Becoming, Becoming Christ Life on, on Friday mornings. 8 a.m. Mountain so if Daylight. If you're listening, Don, you already know <laughs> that you are our winner. Yay. So congratulations, Don. I think you'll really enjoy the CD. I have listened to it probably enough to almost wear it out by oh. now. I have very much enjoyed that. Yeah, I have as well. So, 
And we will have another giveaway here later on in the show. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, let's get back to, to Dave. Mm-hmm. Dave, you wrote a second book entitled Father of the Fatherless, and it also carries a strong message. Give us a little overview of that. Yes. Um, the book is based on the premise that all of the issues facing our nation are, and I'm talking about the spiritual and moral decline of America, can be rooted in, is really rooted in one thing, and it is the rejection of the fatherhood of God. And, you know, the rebellion that began in Adam and Eve uh, was a rejection of the divine order for life. Uh, Not only were they expelled from the garden, but they were separated from the Father's presence, and they were cast out. This is why it takes a new birth for anyone to come back into relationship with the Father. We are reborn into the family of God, where Jesus said, you must be born again. It takes a new birth because our father-child relationship was severed in the fall. God is the creator of all human beings, but he is really only the father of those who have been rescued through the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. Um, And I deal with some issues in this book, and before I say too much about that, uh, when we talk about things that I would mention, you know, God's grace is more than enough to, to restore anyone that has fallen into either of these sins that I will mention. Uh, but we look at our nation with the, the children that have been lost through abortion. Um, you know, over 50 million children are unborn as a result of the decision of Roe v. Wade by our Supreme Court. Now our court is weighing again about the issues of marriage and how this is going to be defined in our our culture. Both of these are are a symbol of our rejection of the fatherhood of God. We look in America, nearly half of children grow up in our country without a father in the home. And this is this is the result of the tragic plague of divorce where nearly 50% of marriages are ending in divorce. Uh, we also have, you know, children born to men that only make one contribution into the life of their child. They deposit their sperm. When they get up, they, compl- they withdraw forever from the life that their unlawful union created. This is the unraveling of fatherhood to its final frayed strand. This is not what God intended. God intended for a child to be nurtured by a father and a mother. I'm not judging people. I know single parents that have done wonderful jobs with their children, and they all try to do the best they can. Most try to do the very best they can. I'm not judging that. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, that is not God's original design. But when the abortionist cuts the life-giving strand of an unborn baby, that final sprayed strand of fatherhood is severed. Man's rebellion is absolute, and his wickedness knows no restraint. This is why our nation is plummeting. We are plummeting because God's order for life has been completely disregarded in our society. The only hope of a restoration, a spiritual restoration in America, the only hope of turning our society around is a spiritual awakening where multitudes in this fatherless generation will find the redeeming love of the Savior. 
Dave, no, no. I'm going to again use another one of your quotes, and this is from Father of the Fatherless. And then I have a question to follow that. You say, and we already touched on this, no military in the world has the power to deter heaven's fury or restrain the indignation of the Almighty. I love this this sentence here. How much does it matter who is ruling among men when God's wrath falls in judgment on a wicked nation? So what consequences do you believe God will impose on this nation? Well, I think, first of all, we are already under divine judgment. You know, we're seeing it. You know, we looked at... You know, when the towers were hit on 9-11, we we shortly after that, we saw a financial collapse. And, uh, you know, in our society that still has not fully recovered from the financial thing that fell even after that, as horrific as the attack itself was, uh, even more horrific perhaps, but the financial collapse that followed just seven years later, um, to me, was just an indication of what happened earlier. And so... Our nation is God, you know, when we come out from under God, we used to be one nation under God. But the yes. fact of the matter is no nation under God could uh, would is capable of slaughtering 55 million or 50-some million of its own children. Um, that type of godlessness is, is a fact that we are not any longer one nation under God. And uh, what we are experiencing now is a judgment on our land, but it's going to intensify unless there's repentance. We are witnessing, and this is my belief, we are witnessing the collapse of the greatest civilization in the history of the world. And I'm 66 years old, and I believe that apart from repentance, before I go on to be with the Lord, this nation is going to be so devastated that we won't, we'll hardly be able to recognize it apart from repentance. Uh, we're in trouble. Um, you cannot forsake God, and you cannot reject God. The Scripture says uh, about rejecting the Lord, the nation that rejects the Lord uh, shall be turned into hell. Um, And we're seeing that, where there's been a collapse of morals, and we are falling into fatherless chaos. I never believed when I was a young child growing up that I would ever live to see the depravity and the godlessness that is pervading our nation. I can't imagine what it will be in another 20 years, apart from a genuine spiritual awakening. In in view of that... Go ahead. I have another quote for you here, and another question. The souls who lament America's spiritual collapse need to turn their heads toward the fatherless masses that so desperately need the Father's love. Jesus is their only hope. Will God's church bring real hope and change to the hopeless? And the reason I bring this up now is because you touched on a subject that greatly concerns me as a grandparent, Dave. And that question is, how can we fight against the tide of accepted immorality and false teachings that bombard our young people on a daily basis? Well, you know, I just I know from my own personal experience what happened to me. When I got when I found the Lord, when I got saved, there was a lot of young people that the Lord rescued that were like me. And uh this was back I got saved in nineteen seventy two, so we're talking quite a while ago. And uh but he reached down and he rescued me and when I began pastoring I found the people that were just like me, uh that when they were presented with the truth of the gospel that many turned, many were saved and really 
turned out to follow God. Many of them now are even in ministry, serving the Lord in different different uh, dimensions of ministry or just walking with him in their their individual lives. Um, we, as as the church, I believe we need to, number one, we need to begin to proclaim the truth of the gospel. Church, again, needs to be where we talk about the claims of Jesus. Um, personal motivation is not Calvary's revelation. Uh, the fact of the matter is we are lost sinners in need of God's grace. We need to proclaim it. Secondly, the church, those that are wise and those that understand we need God's intervention, we need to unite in prayer. In the early church, one of the four foundations of community life, they were devoting themselves after 3,000 were saved on the day of Pentecost. They were devoting themselves to four things, the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. And as a result, the Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. And so I believe corporate prayer is a foundation of church life that we have neglected. And when the church is not praying, then everybody in the world is going to be straying because there's nothing to draw them. I know that the man that led me to the Lord, he talked to me, but then he interceded. He told me later, he prayed sometimes through the night after he visited with me, praying that God would intervene in my heart. Um, I'm old enough to remember when the saints used to gather on Saturday evening and pray for God to give them souls on Sunday morning. The word was preached, conviction came, and people came to the Savior. Uh, we need to return to that type of preaching. I, I think we need to recover the gospel if we're going to recover the nation. Well said. <clears throat> I think, Dave, I know for myself, it's very easy when you sit and you watch the news at night and hear about all the horrible things going on with, with ISIS and terrorism, and you hear about the Internet predators that are just feeding on our young people and all these horrible things. I think it's easy for us to forget that there is a power that is much stronger than all of that, and that is the power of the Lord, and and that we have an open communication with Him. Mm-hmm. And I have to constantly remind myself when when I start feeling nervous about things that are going on, I just have to take a moment and pray and say, God, you got this. It, it's in. It's all. It, that power is always going to be there, and like you say, God's grace is can can save anybody from anything. Absolutely. Well, and I think too, one of the one of the things that I found is if you if you look at a a fire, you know, if you're you're starting a fire, a campfire, you know, you're not gonna have like one piece of wood. It's not gonna be able to burn. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's when when wood is laid upon wood and then the fire is lit and between those pieces of wood, that's where the flames really begin to burn. And I would encourage folks to take one evening a week, turn off the television, invite some friends over, sing a couple songs, and then begin to pray and ask God to visit your church. Ask God to touch your families. Ask God to move. Pray together. Pray about the community. Pray about your neighbors. I think if the church began, just just made that step, uh, I think we'd see a big turnaround. My belief is, you know, usually in May, Around May 8th, we have a day of prayer, but America doesn't need a day of prayer. 
We need a church that that, that pray. A day is not going to change the the decades of disobedience that has brought our country to this this state. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's my burden. My burden is prayer for America, and my burden is to see people activated in prayer. Um, And part of the problem, to be honest with you, is leadership. When we were establishing prayer groups in for, to support the vision of local churches, the ones that succeeded were the ones where all the leaders were involved. And the ones that didn't succeed were the ones that thought, well, you know, we're, we're, we've got other things to do. That's not our ministry. Well, the Bible teaches that every person is called to prayer. As a matter of fact, the Christian life begins with a prayer. If you don't pray, you can't be saved. Uh, you've got to ask Jesus to come into your life to forgive you of your sins. There has to be a union with God where the Christian life begins. But it continues through prayer. And uh, so many times we have this idea in the church, and I've run into this, that, well, they're the intercessors. Well, I'm not an inter- Somebody would say, well, I'm not an intercessor. Well, neither was I until I started interceding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Until you begin that gift doesn't work in you. And so Mm -hmm. you don't excuse yourself. You say, Lord, you know, Paul said, pray without ceasing. He didn't Mm -hmm. say, pray without ceasing if you're an intercessor. Mm -hmm. No, he was addressing it to the church. And so if we are not praying, then rather than saying, well, that's not my ministry, that's not my gifting, we need to look at ourselves and say, why am I not praying? And Lord, help me to pray and help me to be obedient to what your scripture says. But like I said, if we have a community committed to prayer, then that fire will burn. If you try just to have yourself and to do this, after a while you peter out. But if you get yeah. people with you praying, you'll inspire one another and you'll you'll help one another to keep keep burning. Um and I think it was I think it was Wesley that said, you know, that let a man get on fire and people will come watch him burn. And I think that's yes. really what we need in the church. We need an igniting of the spirit of the Lord that comes through prayer and intercession. Well, it sounds like you're doing a wonderful mm-hmm. job mm-hmm. of conveying that message, Dave, mm-hmm. and we are going to help you do that because mm-hmm. it is now time for our giveaway. Mm-hmm. And before we do the giveaway, we have a special jingle created it's by It's time Jared. for Let's Speak Literary Steel of the Week. What are we giving away and how do we get it? Today, this is exciting. We are giving away a copy of both of Dave's books, Mm -hmm. His Cool Cross, My Mercy Tree, and Father of the Fatherless. And we have discussed those books enough to where I would think that they would generate quite a bit of interest in our listeners. So we certainly hope to have some, some, excuse me, some uh, giveaway entries. And the way that a person does that is to go to my website at www.pattysheen.com mm-hmm. Go to the Blog Talk Radio tab and beneath that you will find a page mm-hmm. that is entitled Let's Speak Literal Steel of the Week Giveaway and all you need to do is go to the bottom of that page leave a comment 
when you do activate the comment button, there will be three questions that are asked. And the first one is your name, and you can leave your first name if, if that's all you care to leave. And you can leave a generic answer for location. If you just want to leave your state, that's fine. But I do need your email address. That is the third field that needs to be uh, filled because, of course, that is the only way that I can notify you that you have won. Mm -hmm. This particular drawing will be open until next Monday evening, the 22nd of June at 8 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. And it's very simple. So I would recommend that yeah. folks go on over Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Get your name in there for get that. Your name I'm going to put my we, name in for it. We use random.org to choose a winner, so there's no playing favorites, <laughs> even though Derek has accused me of which that. Is, which is sad. But, yeah, well, what's even, what's even more wins. sad is that I don't win, so yeah. evidently I must not be one of the favorites. Random so that, that. Picks that, Derek. <laughs> it already knows to... There's a, there's a blind spot in random.org for Derek Hutchison, that's but, for sure. But anyway, these, these I have both of these books, and they are absolutely worth reading, and mm -hmm. they... they we have talked about the message that they that is inside, but there's also a lot more in there in each one. So mm -hmm. please do not hesitate to come over and yeah, and see if and you enter can this giveaway. yeah enter the giveaway and see if you can win. So so Dave, I have a couple of last questions for you. We have about ten minutes, on it, less than that, even about five minutes. Mm -hmm. What words of hope can you share with America's Christians? And what I did, I in my little our little YouTube presentation here, if Derek catches up with me, mm -hmm. I put uh, a picture that you have, Dave, of the cross because to me that is kind of the crux of what we've been talking about here as far as hope for this country. That and and prayer. Would you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, he is our hope. Jesus is the hope of a fallen world, and uh, mm -hmm. I think if we again begin to exalt him and magnify him, um, little by little, we can start making a dent and change the trajectory of our nation. It's going to take a generation or more for America to recover uh, spiritually, but we can begin, we can stop the downward trend uh, if we have a real spiritual awakening that magnifies the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, yes. And it's the recovery of the gospel that we really need, gospel preaching, the proclamation of the unadulterated, pure word of the living God. Um, that's what changes us. Um, so that's, that's my hope, that we will have the gospel restored. And that's up to preachers to begin to dig into the word of God and make sure when they stand in that sacred desk, behind the sacred desk, that they are God's mouthpiece. They're not preaching all the time what's popular. They're preaching what's needed. And what people need is the Lord Jesus. I also wonder, though, Dave, if as individuals, it's our responsibility to hold our preachers to that standard. We, well, as, I think as so. ruling elders and as individuals who attend our churches? Yes. And I think we sh we need to pray for leaders. There, there's a lot of pressure. Um, there's a lot of pressure. You know, the, the thing is, the thing that really builds 
numbers may not necessarily be the thing that builds Christ into lives. And we can we can fill seats in auditoriums while leaving people empty of the one thing that really matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the quandary of the cross. The cross is not a popular message because it strikes at the root of our human inability to, you know, we have this idea that we can be good enough to earn heaven. The fact of the matter is we are all lost. And so it strikes to the root of the Adamic nature that is in rebellion against God. It tells us that apart from Jesus, we are hopeless sinners. And uh, that's not that's not popular. Um, it's easier to gather folks by telling them if you follow God, you're going to prosper, you're going to have a happy life, everything's going to work out well for you. But I've said this a couple times, and I'll say it again. The gospel that is spoke would have been spoken to somebody being beheaded by an ISIS over there, a Coptic Christian, and a Christian living in an American mansion, it's the same gospel. Uh, mm-hmm. Repent, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Um, that is the message. Whether you're poor, whether you're rich, whether you're happy, whether you're sorry, whether you're prospering, you know, whatever, the message is the same. Uh, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. Yes. I have one last question I I need to ask you, Dave. I was born and raised in New York. So when you mentioned some of the places in New York that you have preached, it, it was exciting for me. I was raised out on the South Shore of Long Island. However, I have family. My dad was from upstate, up in the Adirondack, North Country, and I still have family who live up there. So in view of my New York upbringing, I would love to hear about your lodge in New York and your plans for it. Yes, we're we're uh, in negotiations now to purchase a lodge in western New York. This is between Buffalo and Rochester. We're right, and I realize it's not that. quite where I'm used to, but still. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, it's it's a beautiful a area. It's on <laughs> 20 acres. This is a, an eight-room eight room lodge. And what we're going to do, we're going to uh, establish a fellowship of believers there. But a big part of our ministry is going to be to bring pastors and leadership uh, in, treat them very well. I'm also a, and I, we didn't get into this, but I'm also a very qualified chef. I work at some of the most uh, oh prestigious lodges in the country. Um, we do we do this about half of a year, a little less actually, about 25 weeks, 20, 23 weeks a year I do chefing, and the rest of the year we're devoted to writing and traveling. Um, wow. And so we're going to take our gifts of hospitality and our gifts of ministry and bring them together in that lodge, and our hope is to bring pastors and their wives and church leadership together, uh, take care of them in the natural, uh, treat them very well, uh, but also to pour into them spiritually, uh, to minister to them and strengthen local churches. And we're we're hoping to to have this lodge purchased by the end of the year. Uh, so we're we're in negotiations right now. So people that could pray about it also with us because we're still in the still in the negotiating process with the current owner. Oh, definitely. It sounds like a wonderful, wonderful vision, Dave. Well, we can't thank you enough for spending yes. time with us this morning. It was just a delight to, to do this interview with you. Mm-hmm. You should have seen well, Derek over you. here. He was just taking, I'm taking notes, notes over here. 
<laughs> well, really, and if if I had been able to type on my computer at the same time, I would have, mm-hmm. but I don't have that kind yeah. of dexterity. So, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah. your your interview was was very enlightening, and once again, I would like to encourage our listeners to go to the uh, Patty Sheen website and mm-hmm. sign up for that giveaway because these books are well worth reading. Mm-hmm. And also, I encourage our listeners once again to go to Dave's website, which is www.riverspringministries.org. And as I've told listeners in the past, also under that Blog Talk Radio tab, there is a website and social media page, and you will find the links to Dave's website and his Mm -hmm. Facebook page, which is River Spring Ministries, on that page. So if you forget what I just told you, just go to that page and... And you'll find that information there. Yeah. And once again, Dave, thank you very, very much for an well, absolutely wonderful Thank you, Patty and Derek. I've interview. enjoyed it very much. It was a real pleasure to have you on the show. And may God bless you and Carol. And we wish you the very best with your ministry and with the, the Lodge in New York. And we will definitely keep you as well as, as our nation in prayer. Thank yeah. you. God bless, Dave. Thank you. God bless you both. All right. Bye-bye. Bye now. Next week, Whoops, we have next week. a lady by the name of Tracy Sockwriter. Listeners may have heard Tracy's name because she was one of our giveaway winners, actually. I thought I'd recognize the yeah, name. Yeah. yeah. So Tracy is a homeschooling mom. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, and she'll share her thoughts and valuable information about this education option with our listeners. And also, Tracy, I'm not sure if she herself has has the problem or if a family member or whatever, but I know that she's quite knowledgeable also about gluten-free sure. diets. Yeah, you bet. So she may share some pretty neat recipes with us as That'll well. be fun. So we're excited to have to have Tracy come over next week and uh, and spend some time with us. That will be next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time. I want to remind our listeners that if you missed a part of the show, that they are archived. Once again, that's another page on, on the Patty Sheen, P-A-T-T-I-S-H-E-N-E.com website. Under the Blog Talk Radio tab, there's an archive shows page, and there is a link to every single show that we have broadcast since we started back in January. So if you missed one or you'd like to listen again or you'd like to refer a show to someone, Please do so. Let me remind our listeners that throughout the coming week, let your heart be open to what God is telling you through your imagination and act upon it. Thank you again for listening, and we hope to have you join us right here next week. God bless. There is a candle in every soul Some brightly burning some dark and cold There is a spirit Who brings a fire Ignites a 